welcome to Mavs Party. It's about 10.30 on Wednesday night, December 21st. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 104-99. It was the second in a two-game series where the Mavericks faced off against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I don't really know. I mean, kind of glad they won. I mean, I am glad they won. It's nice to talk about a win as opposed to a W, but... Boy, howdy, that was a uh, kind of a mostly ugly game where they heated up for about three minutes and put away the Wolves with just enough. But I suppose we're kind of entering or we've been in the muck of the season that lasts right up through um, the All-Star break uh, where it's it's just getting through game to game. You know, the Mavericks played a ton of games this month. They play every other day to end the year. Um it's kind of remarkable where we just have a game off day, game off day. So it's about getting through the slog. Um, you know, let's uh, let's maybe keep this one brief just because I don't really know what you can take away from that game. That said, we've got three callers already. So let's go first to my man, EJ. What's up, guy? I was at the game and uh, oh, nice. texted you seeing live just uh how lost Bertans is, and he's got a little bit of a limp, I noticed. And, uh, man, if the Wolves were actually healthy, having Cat out there, we wouldn't have stand a chance. Well, the Nas Reed fouls. He picked up three fouls in the first quarter. That seemed to throw everything off. Um, right. Especially Anthony... since he, he dropped 27. At, That's know, right. Undrafted That's right. guy that mostly rides the bench, dropped 27 on us on Monday. And yeah. Well, he's been pretty – he's kind of a secret super sub for them. He's been putting yeah. up some pretty wild numbers with Cat out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's pretty talented, and it, it just seemed to throw their whole vibe off. also thought that Ant- Anthony Edwards looked like absolute shit. Yep. Um, that he's was, trying that too was... hard to – he's trying to adjust his game to, you know, fit with Gobert, but it's like, it's hard to get out of that. physically on TV. He looks fat, you know, um, compared to last year, he does look more fit actually. Okay. And, um, uh, having seen him a lot last year, like he, he definitely put in a lot of work this year where he's, he's got a bit more muscle. He, he was a little bit chubbier last year. He just—he looks like a fucking NFL tight end. He is yes. a big man. He is a giant person, and he looked scary, scarier this year. And it, that's why it kind of makes me sad when they traded for Gobert. Mm-hmm. And and you know it takes away Ant's game. Anyway, um, you could very visibly Luca is so unhappy with how he. How the team put together and how <laughs> life in general and just he's he is just stomping his feet way more not at the refs but towards the bench so and it, it the rest I don't I don't know how the rest of the season is gonna go if we don't make any moves to put better pieces to fit around Luca but Kemba Walker and uh, Nick's hand me downs is are not the answer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I did like I I must say, Luca Luca's beard is lushly coming in. I hope he doesn't trim it. 
Like I, I need, this is a silly thing, but you realize this after watching Dirk for 20 years, Dirk had so many distinct, truly bizarre looks. Like if you Google Dirk haircuts, you find in, like a number of articles because he looks so different. Like I need, I need a little bit of that from Luca because there's a sameness going on. With how, like, so the beard, the grizzled thing, I, I, I it, it gave him a little bit of a, like it adds some, 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 I'm trying to think the right word, some flair to his pissiness that I just enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. it's just me. Like kind of like like multi-day hangover look. I don't know. It's just different <laughs> over the course of the year. Hey man, I it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if uh he's had a lot to drink. It is freaking butt ass cold out here. Sure. How, are, well, well, you as a bald man, I know EJ in real life. Um if you as a bald man, do you think he should go bald? No, no. Let's no? okay. not let's it, it gets a little uh Right wing extremist look <laughs> with him. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, you and Balkan's I, you terrorist. and I, come from the same sure. place. You know what I mean. Yeah. No. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like, like very much like Bond, like, like, like '60s Bond villain look. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, man. You got anything else for us? No, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for bringing awesome. me up. Yeah, the Luca Hinchman look is is the look for me. Josh, what's up, man? (laughs) Nothing like a pissy guy with a beard. Right. Just funny. Like, it just looks different. Like, that's like when you watch like 3,000 games of somebody at a certain point, it's just, well, he looks different tonight. Does he look good or does he just look different? (laughs) Like, I I always tell, because I work from home, so whenever I go into an office and if ever I look nice, like, people are like, oh, you look nice. Like, no, I just no longer look like shit. That's the difference. Yeah, if only he like he started every game with like with like a crappy cup of coffee and like bitched about every thing. Well, my my thing, I need Luca to grow the Brad Davis mustache. That's what I need. It's never going to happen, but I desperately want it. Oh God! All right, Um, that's kind of scary, actually. See, intimidation. Intimidation by awkward lookingness. Sure, I mean you, you remember the movie Little Giants? Intimidation. No, actually, actually, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find this movie. <gasps> great, great sports movie. Little Giants. Yes, it has um, Rick Moranis. It has Ed O'Neill. Um, great '90s child sports movie. Becky the hmm. Icebox O'Shea. That's right. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, all right. This is on my list. Anyway, what's uh, going on, dude? Uh hey. Like I said on Monday, Wednesday revenge. Uh, I'm not being just an optimist for the sake of being an optimist, but it occurred to me watching tonight's game that if you're a fan, you you're gonna slog through it anyway. So. Um, it seems, you know, like, I don't know, it just, it's kind of, it's a little too predictable to like hate everybody when you're, when you're losing and then love everybody when you're winning. Now tonight was not a, it wasn't a sexy, uh, way to win, but also, you know, the last game Edwards shot ridiculously uh they were sizzling i took solace tonight 
and him not talking any shit because they were getting, you know, it was a grinded out game and the Mavs kind of, you know, spanked them in the grind out, in the grind out category, not an aesthetically pleasing game to like. No, this was kind of a brutal watch except for about four minutes. I had nothing to write about until that stretch. Well, I mean, I mean, hey, you know, I, I'm not trying to just see nice colors, but I'm just saying, sure. you know, this is the type of thing that that can translate to altering trends because in certain ways, it is a make or miss league, especially, you know, with the, with all the, you know, um, uh, with all the calling for the, for the offensive players and it being such an offensive game, it really makes it more of a make or miss league. And in the end, if you have the ability to grind it out, then you're kind of counteracting the tonight we're hot, tomorrow night we're not hot, who's, who's slumping, who's hitting. Um, it didn't hurt to have Hardaway, you know, um, have a good shooting night. Um, but in the end, I mean, they were really actually playing defense as a unit. I think so. Why it was low scoring. So I think it's a good omen. Um, now I'm not sure. I'm trying to knock on wood over here. Uh, I don't know. I'm at my sister's. But, oh, this is wood. Okay, cool. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's the way that you want to form good habits. And, it, and hey, you know, um, I'll take a win too. Uh, and now they're back at 500. Maybe they flip-flop between here and there, or maybe like we talked about the other time, uh, a.k.a. two days ago, uh, they can turn us into uh, some, you know, at least try to string a couple of wins together maybe. I know that's a lot to ask. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, they play the Rockets and they play the Lakers. Like, it's in the realm of possibility. You know, I'm... I'm, It's. They, I would prefer that just for the sake of talking about shit. They find a way to 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 get up sometimes for really big games and oh really gosh, yeah, shit the bed in in you know games that the, are, well the Friday one is a letdown game for me because they play. There's a lot of emotion going into Sunday's Christmas Day game because that's that they are putting up. They're revealing Dirk's statue before the game. Dirk's there going to be a lot oh, yeah. of former Mavs there, I bet, for anybody that's in the area still. Christmas, you know, then they're playing LeBron. So it's like I expect that Christmas Day game to be a a a barn burner where Dallas just torches the Lakers. Um, but that oh. leaves Friday a little bit up in the air for me uh, just ah. to, in terms of how things go. So you think they maybe uh, sit a couple of guys for a rest on Friday? I don't know who they can <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's it's not necessarily rest in so much as just like a mental look ahead game. You know, Luca tends to play down to these these piss poor teams. Um, and that that Rockets game where they lost without Luca was one of our early seasons like what the fuck oh, yeah. games. So oh, it's yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, you know, kid talk. I, I don't don't buy this, but kid sort of talked about it in the post game about how they're like trying to find different ways to connect. So we'll see. The one thing that, that, you know, as the, now I've been labeled the optimist, which, which, you know, I have mixed feelings about, but, um, 
the one thing that bothered me tonight is, man, offensively, Wood, Kemba, there was a whole section of the game where Wood, Kemba, and uh, Dinwiddie just were like, man, I don't want this thing. Like, they yeah. really didn't want to shoot. Um, um, and I was, like, yelling at, you know, my TV and just being like, who the fuck wants to shoot this fucking thing? Yeah, there was um, there was some pretty. I know. I I it was hot potato. There was some pretty awful segments in that. I I do I do agree with that for sure. But hey, you know, I I think uh, while Kemba's while Kemba's knee isn't jacked, um, uh, man, I, you know, he does create this thing where where it's like, oh, we have two ball handlers on the floor at all times, and it does provide a little bit of a steadying um feeling and and now they just have to you know kind of get used to playing with him on the floor to maybe maybe that'll you know kind of loosen up the offense because right now they seem to get a little bit in their feelings uh especially like later in the game they seem to get a little tight so maybe they maybe they finish figure it out uh, but anyway, I'll take a win. Good stuff. And right. look forward to hearing the rest of uh, everybody's comments. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. All right. Okay, let's go next then to Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's going. What do you got for us? Uh, just glad we didn't go on a three-game losing streak. Just hopefully they can uh, get up for the Rockets. This is what we have to worry about this season. Just like, okay, we're playing a bad team. Are they going to – Get up for this game, you know. So the Rockets uh, are truly horrendous. Like yeah. that's what made that loss really awful was how bad the Rockets are. <laughs> yeah. My question is why um with all the injuries, why hasn't Jaden Hardy been called back from the legends? Like, Shoot, man, I don't know. I wish I could give you a decent answer. This would I, be I, the opportune time. This is like, okay, yeah. next man up, this is your chance, kid. Like, I mean, and we've seen him play pretty Pretty decent. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. We're expecting him to make mistakes. He's he's a rookie, but I mean, he can get buckets. I mean, I was at the game last Friday. And he's during garbage time. I mean, he's flat out getting buckets. So I mean, I don't know. Just no. kind of wish he'd be recalled. Maybe play Friday. Uh, I really hope they don't ruin Sunday, man. Like uh, you remember Christmas game twenty eleven, right? I mean, I know you do. I do, but you know they've had some opportunity. You know. That Warriors game when Dirk's jersey was retired felt like a, an embarrassment opportunity game, and they just beat the fuck out of right, them. Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what you mean. I just – particularly with Anthony Davis going down, like the Lakers are – I'm not sure if you followed them. They are catastrophically bad. Yeah, they're losing right now, see, 18 points to the Kings. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, Kings are pretty good this year, but that's that's still – Yeah, oh, yeah. Um I had a question too about this draft pick thing. Uh, I just been thinking about it. I, it's hard to figure out how. how it, yeah, you I think about this a like, lot. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. Okay, so let's say right, we lose our. Let's say we're bad. We're 11th seed, and we lose our pick. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. Let's just say we're 10th seed. Right. We make the plan. We we keep our pick. But what happens? What do we have to like wait two years and then we have to do do this all over again with the Knicks or something or? So I, I did some asking around about this. Um, they would basically the pick would get bumped to 2024, where they owe the Knicks the 2024 pick instead of the 2023. Is pick. it conditional in 2024? It's still conditional. 
But at that point, like what the Mavericks could do right now is they would have to go to the Knicks and say, we are going to, we want to remove the protections. Are you okay with that? There is no reason the Knicks would say no to that. Like zero reason, because that means it's an unconditional, it is theirs. Okay. Now, my friend Matt Moore tried to explain this to me and said that Daryl Morey did something, and I, I'm, I'm going to misspeak here so people don't kill me on this. Daryl Morey was doing stuff with the picks that the Rockets owed that were like conditions upon conditions upon conditions, where the explainer for how the pick would move from one team to another took up like it was like a wall of text. Now, the Mavericks don't have anything that complicated, which I think is good just for our sanity, so we don't have to think about this shit. But that it really is that simple to where things go really haywire for the Mavericks. We sit on pins and needles until the um until the draft lottery, and it either goes to if it's if it's ten or under, uh, it goes to it stays with the Mavericks. If it was uh, outside the top ten, like basically eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, um, it would it would then go to the next. So it's it's really that simple. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm just I understand. Yeah, some of these things are kind of um, just kind of first time just hearing. Well, about I it. think they should remove condition like like. They're never going to do this because they want to encourage this sort of thing. They trades are important for like the NBA's lifeblood of, of league interest. But I think they, I find conditions to make things just it, it it's a hedge. But I think it, it makes things much more difficult for for both teams. And at a certain point, there becomes a bit of a log jam of whether you can move stuff around. And we like we might be seeing that this trade season where it doesn't seem like there's first round picks available, and there there really aren't. Um, so well, what you know. would you, in your opinion, what, what do you think would be the best case? I don't know with Luca, you can't say, okay, we're going to tank. Let's, let's just, let's just get our pick. I mean, what, what would you think would be? I'm the unwilling best? to commit to a position right now. Cause I don't feel like getting murdered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have one. Uh, and if you know me and have followed me long enough, I think you can guess where my position is on what I think the Mavericks should do. Okay. But I'm not going to – I don't really want uh, but to, to commit at, to it. Right yeah, now. and at the end of the day, we know with Luca being on the team, we're, we're going to be at, at minimum a 500 team, and the West is is not great. So, I mean, we're we're most likely going to make the play-in. But, I mean, if we go on a good run, I, I just don't see with this roster we, – we've been talking about this over and over. This roster is just not – I just don't see this getting bumped up to the second, third seed. Like, just – we've lost too many of these easy ones at the beginning of the season, and now we're going through this injury – uh, spell so I I don't know they, they've got to win this game Friday they got to stop dropping these games to bad teams and yep maybe if Rockets Lakers go on a three game winning streak and then we're we're back on track man I don't know we'll, hopefully so we'll certainly see man well thanks right. for hanging out you sir have a good night all right let's keep flying along Brandon welcome back what's up what'd you think tonight <sighs> well it was a win so um, hats off to the Mavs um, I was. Looking, thinking about something you said last time that uh, most teams have five guys in double figures, and the Mavs have four, and Bullock was right there at eight. Tonight was nice. Yeah, it was nice tonight. It was, and um, it's in. I, I guess at the end of the first half, they were shooting like forty percent, and Luca was shooting really well. Um, I think he was. I could be wrong. I think he was like five for eight or something like that in the first half. So um, they shot really well. So. Um, just like, you know, I think moving forward, you won't get 10 points out of Dwight Powell, unfortunately. So um, that number will probably go down. So 
um, like I said, next time, I mean, you know, it just had to be next man up. But man, it's so thin. Even even with even with a healthy roster, um, you would get scoring out of Tim, Christian, uh, Luca, and Spencer. You know, those would be your four. But you know, who's going to be that fifth guy in double figures? And you know, is the bench going to contribute? You know, eight points or something like that. So um, I was thinking about what you said before that the you know the Mavericks just got to you know. Uh, run them off the court, they're going to win. And that's the mentality that I think Kid would have to push in those guys. But, you know, playing at that slow pace that they're doing now, I don't see, you know, I don't see how they would, you know, really run those guys off the court. So do you often, like, I sometimes go immediately into editor mode and post-game content, so I don't get to watch the post-game. Did you see any of the post-game stuff today? Not today, no, I didn't. So... This is an incredible statistic that I don't, you know, when you, when you share these sort of things like context free, sometimes they can feel really bad where it's like the Mavericks have only won two games where Luca hasn't scored 30 and it's like, well, Mm -hmm. but Luca's scoring 30. So what are you going to do? Here's a fun one though. The Mavericks are 10 and one when Tim Hardaway Jr. shoots 45% from the floor or better. That sounds neat until you think about the inverse, which means mm-hmm. when he doesn't score, shoot 45% or better, they are, right. they are, they are six and 15. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been kind of thinking about that. Yeah. <sighs> um, you know, with the lineup tonight, this is, you know, since the injuries, this is like the first time that a lot of these guys are, are playing together. And um, I don't know if it's really, you know, them gelling or them getting um, comfortable shooting, with, you know, with Luca being on the court. But hopefully whatever they're doing to, to keep up that, that the scoring that they're doing, like Tim's been scoring, uh, Kemba's been scoring, whatever they're doing, I kind of hope that it helps. But um, it's, it's going to be really thin for them guys to, you know, to get points because, um, like I said, Josh, you know, when he comes back, hopefully would contribute some. But. Um, with that pace that they play, it just seems like, man, you know, because you, you go back to 2002, them guys was running fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like now when Rick came in, he implemented kind of like he, 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 he did that, but then it just like got really slow, you know, really half court ball. And that's not to their favor. You know, they run a gun style that, you know, the Donnie Nelson and, and to some part, Avery Johnson kind of like that running gun style. Ricky kind of put it into it and, you know, was running sets you know, something that Rondo really hated. And it's just, it's not favorable for, to me, it's not favorable for running go, running guys off the court. Well, they did go all offense tonight because they had to. Um, and, you know, Kid is now making comments that just make, it, it makes, it's the sort of thing where it feels insane, where he said the more minutes, and he said this in post game, the more minutes he, meaning Christian Wood, can get with the starting group, it puts us in a good situation. And, it's like, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Jason Kidd. To, to <laughs> welcome where, to the real world, right? What the fuck are we talking about? Like, how, like, eh, I don't know. Kid's a, kid, kid is a maddening guy. I think he says a lot of stuff just to, just to rile people up. Like, this guy definitely reads the internet. Um, but it's like you said, I think, I think you know, a win being – it just feels – it feels nice because I wasn't – I just told Josh this in our postgame show. I was not – as much as I, I really do enjoy getting pissed and talking shit about this team, it is objectively more fun for them to win. It's better for my health. It's better for the site that I run. 
And right. it's, it's, it's just, it's this, this wouldn't have been fun losing again to the same team. I mean, the, if we're being honest, the Mavericks got a lot of help tonight. Um, Anthony Davis yeah. was a really good player for the Mavericks. Not Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, the referees really, really actually the Mavericks out until the, the bonus time free throws or the, the kind of the, the take foul free throws. The Mavericks were uh, shot 23 from free throws and the Wolves only shot 10, which feels a little crazy. Um, well, so, it's, but, but, you know, you, you take that sort of stuff cause they got screwed on Monday. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if like anything that I would hope that they could improve is scoring more than 104 points um, because I don't, I don't see that being something that a, a, a playing team could do. You know what I'm saying? To, to get in, to make it. Well, they you know. shot the ball terribly. So from the, like the 6:45 mark of the fourth to the four minute mark of the fourth, they hit five threes. They hit mm-hmm. eight the rest of the game. Um, that was the shot making was not there for anyone on the Mavericks from deep tonight, except for that five, that, that three minute stretch. That's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes all you um, need is that one run though. The Mavs, that's one, that's one thing about them. Once they get that one run, they're good. It seems like, you know, the older teams, they kind of will lose confidence or, or get kind of lethargic or, or get full of themselves and lose that lead. But, um, if you think about it, whenever Rick, I want to say like Rick's last two years, they were always battling out, you know, losing by one point, losing to a buzzer beater, uh, uh, going to overtime. They were battling it out. And, you know, I hope I hope they get their greediness back. But um, just one more thing uh, back to, you know, a lot of people kind of look at Luca's body language. You know, I kind of look at, you know, some of the younger guys like Trey Young, the position he's in, and even the position that Joel Embiid was in, you know, whenever – the Sixers was just kind of, you know, um, going through their things. And I'm just like, you know, there are a couple of young guys that's, you know, probably feeling it emotionally. They got, you know, the spotlights on them all the time and people are constantly asking them what they're going to do. So, you know, them being young, I, I think there's just something that they're going to have to figure out themselves and, you know, just kind of have to take a look by the word that, you know, um, that he really wants to be in Dallas. And I see him, you know, he has a smile on his face. I know a lot of people see a lot of different, you know, uh, pictures of Luca, but you know that dude's super competitive and um he you know he really wants to win so I think a lot of it's probably bitterness from just being down on the scoreboard but um uh, you know if he if he knows anything about Dallas he knows it's not a, a winning organization they've won a lot but then they haven't won the big game a lot so um just got to you know like him Trey Young and a couple of the other guys just had to you know, see what they're doing. But I, I, I'm confident that a lot of these guys just want to stay with their team and, you know, kind of build their own legacy. I hope so. Well, thanks for hanging out with us once again. All right. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. So, guys, I just have to read this to you. I'm pretty sure. Sometimes Josh Bo listens to these like a true sicko. Shout out to my co-editor, uh, Josh Bo. He just had these two tweets, which are killing me. So, DallasBasketball.com's Grant Afseth says the Mavericks have won uh, have a forty and seventeen record in the Reggie Bullock era when he scores five plus points and Luka Doncic plays. Dallas is fourteen and fourteen when he scores below the five point threshold next to Doncic. So Josh quote tweets this and says, "I love how there are so many Maverick stats since Luka has been drafted that are basically if one of Luka's teammates doesn't piss his pants for forty eight minutes, the Mavericks are undefeated." <laughs> Guys, the team building is so shitty. 
Never let them fucking tell you otherwise. It's so bad. It's so bad. You put Luca on the on any of the other teams that were like you go look at the the, the other the 2018 teams that drafted around the so we're talking the Suns, the Kings, the uh maybe the Kings depending on your point of view, the Hawks, the 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 Grizzlies. You put Luca on any of these teams and they are insta title contenders. The Mavericks have shit themselves so bad with the situation they're in right now. Whether or not it's their fault or not, I, I'm not discussing that. It's just the facts on the ground. <laughs> God, this stuff kills me. Uh, okay, uh, we got a couple more people that I want to go to bed. Micah, what's up, dude? What's going on, Kurt? Oh, I'm having a great time. It is great. <laughs> what you just said. Because it just oh man so yeah I got this puppy that drives me nuts but you know like I said it in another space I was like man the day was so going so great and then I walk in the house and he's done shit and piss everywhere and that's what it feels like watching these maps as soon as you get a ray of hope Hey, go out there and shit and piss everywhere. (laughs) But tonight was at least like tonight didn't feel like a despondent game. It just felt like a game where thing, you know, it's, it's ugly. They're tired because they are tired. They played a ton of basketball. And so to get a win does feel important. It is so freaking cold out there, but I like for me anyways, like dude, cold weather, like wears me down, but yeah, it's a good game. And Hey, I'll take the win any way I can get them. Um, I've just been thinking, dude, I like the win, but, man, as much as we talk about our horrible team building, like, Minnesota is really locked into a situation where, holy crap, man, they got a hundred, we, dude, they got a hundred million dollars that nobody wants. Ain't nobody giving. Nobody's trading for Cat. Nobody's trading for Rudy. And the way that Anthony plays when those two guys are on the floor is a completely different player. Like he when the when the like when those two are not on the floor, he looks like potential all star. When those two are on the floor, man, he's not much better than Tim. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's just like, I mean, we, we we get down and out about this team, but it's just like, man, you look around the league and it's like, okay, so it's not just us. No. Because they're, wow. Team building you is you're walking to a hundred million dollars for the next four years that nobody wants. Holy cow! What do you do with that? That's but, right. Yeah, and some people are trying to talk themselves. Oh God, basketball gods! I need the Knicks, the Raptors, or the Lakers to save us from ourselves, or Chicago to tell us that they still don't want any of our bad contracts. Because, good God, Zach Levine is the worst idea that anybody ever has. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I I love it as a basketball talking concept because 
what it says to me, if you're a big Levine guy, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a shots fired moment. It says to me, you, you box score watch and you don't follow that Bulls team. You also didn't follow the Wolves team that he came from. He has now divided out on two teams. He also has a knee. He also has a bad knee. I, I really don't know how to explain to people that knees don't get better. What makes Zach Levine, Zach Levine, and is being a superior, like one, like 99th percentile athlete. He is no longer that anymore. And that contract is going to suck. That, you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, I don't want to take that gamble. Is he better? Like, let's be honest. Is he, is he better than Jalen Brunson right now? And then we, wait, wait, if we did that. Different. That's hard for me because it's a very different play style. They play such right. different games, you know? Yeah, different games. But is like my point is, is just like I don't think they're that far apart in the tier. So it's wild to me that you would pay somebody like that 43, but you're not going to give 25 to Brunson like. No, that man. doesn't make sense. Well, I, just, I don't think the Mavs are in it anyways. It feels kind of a moot conversation point. Um, it was like a right. thing for a while because he shared the same agent as Luca, but they don't. I don't think they share that agent anymore. Right? No, I don't think so. Which you know, it's like uh, I, agree, I, would... I agree with. Like, there's one guy in the chat: beggars can't be choosers. And then there's somebody else saying, um, you know, he he could just need a change of scenery. I don't discount all that. I just I have. True, like I had Porzingis fears before when the the day he was traded, and I tried to hedge because I don't like being a negative Nancy. I'm just saying it's right now. Yeah. Like the injury stuff worries me, and that's why it building does. through the draft is so fucking important. Right, exactly, exactly. It's just like you look, and because of how great Luca is as an offensive player, and so and just like Steph, we're talking about a couple of the best offensive players that we've seen in a generation. But at the same time, when you're building around them, you can't ignore that they're at best average defenders. So a max contract that you put around them has to be a plus defender Yep. when you're building a team, in my opinion. Well, thanks, buddy. You got anything else? Um, no. Good win. Good win. Talk soon, then. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, my bad. Pulled him off too soon. Um, Chris in the chat says, Bullet can't defend a chair right now. God, isn't that the truth? It's it's uncomfortable. It is it is uncomfortable how much he can't hit. But at least he had a couple of shots tonight, but he was wide-ass open on both of them. They, they just decided they were going to leave him be. Um, Krishna, what's up, man? Kirk, how are you? Sorry, Krishna. I was muted. Hey, I'm good. Yeah, I, I haven't been watching too many of the games just because, one, I don't have my laptop, but two, this is this is painful, Kirk. This has been painful, to say the least. Sure. Um, it's been it, not fun. I mean, before the season, I even said, like, I think this is likely a play-in team, and it wasn't because of Luca. Like, I I get it, but my reasoning was this team has some talent, but they're, the variance on this team is way too high. And while the highs can be really high, the lows are going to be very low. And 
we're just seeing that now this season, and it's good. Like this is a good win. I'm not gonna take away from a win, but yeah. the fact that the like the margin for error is not actually that insane. Like the the fact that you just need another starter to score that many points so and you fun. win is an insane thing to me. You think anybody could do that? Like I would, if I knew that, I would find a way to get him. Like, I would find a way to get him like a, an elbow jumper. I would find a way to force feet. You know what I mean? But obviously, that's that's not how some of the stats work. No, yeah. I, I mean, part of it is like you know they have to be able to score in the flow of the offense. Yep. It's not just like Reggie is just going to get five points and automatically win. Like you can cherry pick any stat to look beneficial any way you want. Yeah, but I it's, agree. But it's a clear indicator of how. Luca is so much of this offense that if you give him even a little bit of wiggle room to make error, then you're going places. Um, for me personally, though, I, I don't know. Like, uh, is it? I'm not in the whole complete tanking thing. I, that's just not a viable solution. But I, I do think getting off of older players and contracts, even for picks or flyers to me personally is like something I would be more interested in um who I don't know like I can't say for sure but like it's tough I definitely do think it's tough but this Mavericks team has been in a tough situation for the past few years and it's kind of you know it's their own bet like they don't really there's no one that's the real trick yeah there's no one they can blame because because you made it yourself you know it's like Mm -hmm. if I failed the test I can't really blame anyone else I failed the test you know, maybe the test is hard, but what the hell am I supposed to do? I failed it. And um, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see where this team trends for. I, I honestly, like all these weird trades where people are talking about, like, go in for, for Bradley Beal or, or Zach Levine. Like, it's far too gone to make any of those trades if you ever wanted to. One, because you don't have the assets. But two, those are not the players the Mavericks need right now. Um but at all. I mean, that's where I have a real problem with this, where it's like, I've seen some people, well, this is how you fix. And it's like, there's so many challenges at the moment that my main solution is to build a fucking time machine. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't think they will like tanking is not a thing. Players no, do not no. tank. Organizations tank. Yeah, right? exactly, but, exactly. You know? So it's like in that regard, you know, if they had lost tonight, my take coming in here would have been, the Mavericks need to make some they, – they need to be staring down and, and at least making some – making a flow chart to figure out at what point do they have to start making decisions. Um, they're yeah. never – you know, one of the things that's been really painful the last two years for me is understanding just how long it's been since Cuban has made an asset decision that wasn't based on the short term. Mm-hmm. Almost everything they've done has been based on – either going for like an absolute bullshit pipe dream like Giannis Antetokounmpo or short term like how do we fix this problem and as a result of that they've gone 18 years since accepting a first round pick in a trade that's hard but you know when you got Dirk here and then you got Luca you can make the asset you can make the pretty straightforward assessment of okay we we're not doing this we're not making picks but I just I don't know but but the problem is then when you do have picks they become more difficult to not hit on. Like, okay, if, if we're going to make an in-town comparison, the, the stars a few years ago looked like they were in the shitter. Mm-hmm. Um, their two biggest contract holders, um, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, 
were honestly their two worst performers for a mm-hmm. long time. And they had one draft where they essentially hit on three picks, two in the first round. One was a very high pick, and one was the bottom of the first round, and one was second round. And those three guys are now their three best players, arguably. Huh. And it, it's really easy to hit, but it's it's also very easy to miss. And the problem oh, yeah, with the yeah. Mavericks is they just haven't put them they haven't put themselves in an opportunity to take chances. And when you do that, the margin for error with those chances is so low. Well, so you could you could make the argument they did it in 2020, and what we're seeing in hindsight is that the 2020 draft is kind of a historically bleh. I mean, look, draft. arguably, Josh Green is better than the number two pick. Like, I, I would oh, yeah. comfortably say that, and that's not a good I mean, look. Guys, some of the guys picked in, like, the 20s are better than the guys that were picked uh, in the, the – yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, look how quickly – fortune change is like Sadiq Bay who everyone loves Sadiq Bay. And then like one season of him having completely inefficient shooting and, and right. nothing is like, sure. he's a bad player. now. like, he, and also it's just that whole season, like getting drafted technically like in November and then not having training camp and all this stuff affects it. But, but, but yeah, it's hard to see where that draft goes, but it's a, it was a weird time to take swings. And, and part of it is also just like, I, I personally think this is a Mark Cuban issue where, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this quote, but he had a few days ago and I'm probably misquoting it, but it was something roughly along the lines of like, you know, if you, you, you have to go into the room and act like you know everything or something along those lines. And to me, that screams a lot of more, more about his, I forget the word, but I can't believe the word is on the tip of my tongue, but it screams more insecurity, right? Than actual knowledge where if you're really confident in something, you'll go in and you'll say, I don't know because you're ready to learn. And and to me, Mark Cuban has never done that. I feel like well, it's been a lot of, Hey, I think I know everything. Yeah. And no, he, he went, he went, he's been on two or three podcasts. Like he was on John Stewart. He was on the knuckleheads podcast. He was on a number. I've listened to most of them. And the real trick about Mark, and he did this to me is Mark is brilliant at saying a whole bunch of words while not saying anything particularly like that you latch on to, but you walk away from it with the intent of he's an earnest man. That's very involved with the team. That's the truth. No, I, um, look, I don't, I don't doubt that. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not involved with the team, but sometimes not being involved with the team is the best thing you well, can do. Well, that's been my argument for years, and he told and, me on the show last year. He's like, "That's well, like that's not. I'm not going to do that." And that's what makes all this particularly frustrating because at that point you feel like they have to luck into things because it's not a, it's not a, a, you know, he, he at the end of the day he. he he could commit himself to being the biggest basketball expert alive. He's still not better than any of the people that he hires. So, cause that's what their life's passion is. Whereas he, you know, he said on the, the knuckleheads podcast, he's, he's a guy who got cut from his high school basketball team, but he's still like hyper competitive. And it's when you're that kind of guy, it's hard to remove yourself from the situation. I understand it. I'm sure owners all play a role and, and we just don't know about it in comparison to, to the Mavericks because Mark's just more straightforward about it. But it's – this is just something that we're – like, like it's like the elephant in the room with everything that we talk about where it's like you don't want to talk about them all the time. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. look, it's not just Mark. It's not just the players. Really, it kind of just a, is. Like, it really just is. That, it, that, I don't say it is. I don't yeah. want to say it, but it, it, it's also like I don't want to sit here and always bash the players because these right. guys are good players. Like, we're bashing Reggie, but you put Reggie – like, I'll put it simply – 
take Reggie and you put him on the Bucks, Reggie is like a great fit for that team. He replaces Wesley Matthews pretty easily, I feel like. Another um, former Mavericks frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not so much that these players are bad, but when you put them in the right positions, um, you, you can easily make something a do of them. And and the problem is you have players who are elevated to a level that they shouldn't be playing at. Like, I like Dwight Powell, but I, I totally understand them. everyone's frustrations with Dwight Powell. Yeah. But you think about what Dwight Powell is. He was a throw-in with the Rondo, Rondo trade. Like he should have not been on this Mavericks team for this long. He should be a third string option, but the Mavericks have made far too many missteps and far too many really horrific decisions. And and so they've gone back to the same well of Dwight Powell, who I don't think it's Dwight Powell's fault. I don't think anyone says that, but of, of course everyone has their frustrations. And so it makes sense for, for me, honestly, the Mavericks just need to start taking flyers on, on younger players that have shown more potential. Not like I'm not one of those people. Like I've seen tweets of like people saying they should go and trade for James Wiseman for nothing, which I'm like, I, that that's I don't see any. That's not happening. That's like, not happening. But also God, I, I don't want James Wiseman anywhere near this team. Um, I, I gosh, I, I, that is very worrying, but you know, someone like, I don't know if you care for this, but like Emmanuel quickly, like what is he doing on the next? He's not doing anything. No, Maybe, he's good. Yeah, he's good. And it's like, go go throw something at them. Say, hey, look, like, what do you want? We'll give you something. Um, I don't want to trade at the Knicks anymore. I'm scarred. Maybe not that. For me, <laughs> for, for me, it's about age at this point. Like, you cannot start trading for guys in their 30s. You can't sign guys in their 30s. Like, this is just not – like, we forget – maybe we don't forget so often. But I feel like this front office forgets so often. Lucas, 23. Stop getting guys who are, like, in their 30s on this team anymore. You know, go get guys who are younger, who are well, a I mean, similar they tried age. It, man. That's why Frank's in the team. Frank's like 24 oh, years God. old. Uh, look, I, I like Frank as much as anyone, but the, it's the same problem I have with Frank as with Dwight. Like, if Frank is your 11th, 12th player, that's perfectly fine. That's a usable situation. But when you have to elevate him so much, and I think part of it is also Josh Green's injury, it, it, we're seeing how much Josh Green means to this team now. And that makes me excited because I'm glad Josh Green is so valuable. But the, the the frank that the the fact that this is oh god I'm, I'm losing my mind i'm saying frank the fact that it's happening like this is clear this mavericks team in a way like it, it needs to to soft rebuild it needs to soft tank in my personal opinion because there's just not enough talent on this team and it's going to be the same cyclical cycle I, you know you know I, there was an interesting quote about how like you know dirk said he wished the 2011 team wasn't taken away and and how you know, that's devastating. And, and I don't think Luca, you know, we can think whatever we want, you know, Slovenian fans, obviously they have their own opinions, but I, I don't, I don't have this feeling that if, if Luca stays around and there's a team and then it, that he's seen guys go away and the guys they're replacing him with are not good, or they just don't replace players. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to have enough patience to sit around and wait. I mean, you, you compare this team to Real Madrid where he came from Real Madrid. Yes. It's the EuroLeague, but that's a perennially winning organization. He spent two years there and they, they won EuroLeague and they won their competitions very easily. Well, not very easily, but they won it. And he was a competitive part of it. And that was a team that, you know, yes, it's Europe and you can say whatever, but they had management that was clear and was concise. I don't think Luca is uh, dumb enough to think he has to stay here or he shouldn't stay here. I think, you know, he'll do whatever he wants and he has every right to do whatever he wants. And, 
this Mavericks team at the end of the day and this or really this organization, because I don't want to put it on the players, but this organization, this coaching staff will have no one to, to blame but itself. And for me personally, I've already mentioned it so many times, but soft tanking and a coaching change. Like I, I, I Jason Kidd, you know, you, you, had, you had an article earlier today talking about personality. And I agree no. to some extent about the, the Nico Harrison stuff. I think Nico Harrison can learn a lot more of the GMing stuff. And he's adapting to it, I feel like, a little better, but not great. I mean, the JaVel McGee signing is still abysmal. But Well, the JaVel McGee signing was a Jason Kidd signing. That's just makes yeah. the whole thing stupid. Yeah, and, and Nico, I feel like, has made more correct moves than wrong moves, like Reggie Bullock. Like for as, as much as we want to trash Reggie Bullock. Reggie no, Bullock Reggie didn't... Bullock was not a Nico thing. That was okay. like, think about the timing. That shit that's was true, done. That's true. These, that's these, true. That was, you're I right, mean, you're right. so you got to give Cubes credit to an extent for that one. Okay, then. And it's, it's not to, not, not to, you know, cut you off there. Sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're correct. I'm not, that's my mistake. But you know, like Christian, Wood, whatever happens, if he might get traded, he might not. I like Jaden Hardy. He's not ready this year, but. I like him, but Nico can improve, but I don't know where Jason Kidd improves. He's reverted back to... He can take his hands out of his pockets. <laughs> he can take his hands... He can walk onto the court, I guess. Uh, but That's to right. me, it's... it's, it's it, we've seen how much, like, Igor Kokoshkov was way more important to this team than I think people have, have realized at this point. And, you know, we can get mad, but, like, Rick clearly had a lot of tactical knowledge and that's what happens when you are. And I've been thinking about this a lot. That's what happens when you have to be a lower level team player. Like Rick was on those Celtics teams and he was never going to be a star, but he had to think a lot about what the team was doing and the tactics of it because he was not going to play that often. But when you're a superstar, you don't have to do that. You just do what you do. And so relating that kind of stuff to other players is very difficult. Sure. And, And to me personally, I feel like, you have to go out and you have to get another coach. I don't think any of this stuff is going to happen just because this is the history says it's not. But to me personally, I feel like, I don't know how you feel about this. Like a Kenny Atkinson, I would love to give him a chance. You know, he he's seems like a good guy and, and a decent coach or someone else, but we'll see where the season goes, where it ends. I think ultimately, um, I think ultimately it's a play in, but uh, who, we'll knows? See, man. who knows? Who knows? All right. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you, Kirk. All right. See you guys Friday. Everybody be good. Um, I'm going to take tomorrow off and try to figure out how to wrap Christmas presents. 38 year old man still suck at wrapping presents. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs.